Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing today? Hey, uh, let's give it up for the worship team today. They have done an awesome job. Always, every single Sunday, the music is awesome, absolutely great. And uh, I just feel like singing and dancing. Just like last night, we were able to make study dance and a couple of other people. So it was pretty exciting. Um, I want to welcome, I don't know if this is the first time, but I want to welcome uh, Sadie's sister, Lily. Ah, okay. JJ, first time, very welcome. I hope you feel welcome, and I also want to uh, welcome three friends of mine that have shown up today. Uh, Pina, uh, the one in pink, uh, and Bobby, uh, you probably have seen them. Uh, they were the ones who used to clean the church in the other building, and... Um, <laughs> So they, um, you know, when I shared with them, you know, that I was coming to this church, they got very excited because uh, they done, in a way, they've done ministry to this church, uh, even though um, maybe we never completely connected, but, but um, they, they love this church. And also Sandra, that is Pina's sister. Uh, so I want to welcome and I hope that they can stay forever and, and be a part of us. Uh, party last night was really great, very exciting. Um, I was so happy to see um, so many different languages, you know, when we were singing. Uh, it just reminded me of how heaven is going to be like. We're going to speak one language, but we're going to have everybody from all countries, all nations. Everybody's going to be there. So um, it was very encouraging, very exciting, uh, very good time. And Julie and Dean, great hosts, absolutely, beautiful house too. So thank you for, for allowing us to be there. So today I want to take you to the book of Exodus chapter 14. And I want to speak on the subject of there is a way out. How many of you guys know that there is a way out? And that's what Jesus and Christmas is all about. So a lot of times we face difficult situations in our lives, difficult problems, difficult challenges, and we believe sometimes that when we are trapped, that maybe God doesn't have a way, you know, for us to, to live or to survive. A lot of us ask the question, oh my gosh, how am I going to make it? Uh, sometimes we don't tell people what's happening with us. Sometimes um, we share with some people, but um, I want to share with you that for whatever situation, whatever circumstance you might be facing today, there is a way out. So I want to take you to the book of Exodus chapter 14, and we're going to read from verse 10 uh, to verse 17. And the Bible says like this. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They say to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance that the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. 
The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them, and I will gain glory through the Pharaoh and his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you today for this awesome day, Lord God, and because we know that no matter how impossible a situation may seem, there is a way out. No matter, Lord God, if we don't see a human answer to our problems, to our questions, there is a way out, Lord God. You always work for the best of us, for the good of us, especially when we have faith and we believe in you. I pray right now for every single person in this place. I pray that if there's somebody at this time who is facing something that may seem impossible, Lord, I pray that you will open up their hearts, their ears, and their eyes so that they can see that there is a way out. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, a lot of you guys have heard the story of how the Egyptians uh, had captured, you know, the Israelites. Uh, they had been, the Israelites had been slaves for about 400 years. And the Bible says in the couple of chapters before that the Israelites had been praying for deliverance. They wanted to be free. They don't want to be slaves. So, they have been praying for years, for generations, you know, so God will give them the freedom. And God, he heard his, their prayers, and he chose Moses so that Moses, you know, will bring that salvation to the Israelites. Now, when they were coming out of Egypt, and you know the story, all the terrible things that happened to the Egyptians because the Pharaoh, he didn't want to let the Israelites go. Uh, God brought them out of Egypt, and it seemed like, the place where God had told them to go, it seemed like it was like a trap. Because when the Israelites uh, realized all of a sudden the sea, the ocean was in front of them. There were big hills on the right, big hills on the left. And you know the story about how the Egyptians started per persecuting the Israelites so that they would kill them. So when the Israelites saw that the Egyptians were coming, they started getting very desperate. And they came to Moses and they said, Moses, what's going on here? You said that we were going to be free. And all we see is there's a sea in front. There's hills on the left. There's hills on the right. The Egyptians are coming, you know, behind us. They're going to kill us. Uh, what's going on? And I like the answer, you know, that Moses gives to the Israelites. And the first thing that Moses says to the Israelites is, do not be afraid. Now, I don't know how many of you guys have been in a really, really scary situation. Have you ever been into a really, really scary situation? Raise your hand. You probably remember that. You probably know that if you are very scared at the moment because you're seeing that something really bad is going to happen, maybe the best words to use is not to tell people, oh, don't worry. There's nothing going on. Oh, just be cool. You know, don't worry. It's, it's okay. So uh, it may seem like, you know, sometimes those type of words make the situation even worse. 
you know, when, when you're sharing, you know, with someone, you know, that, that something's happening, a problem is evolving, and, and all of a sudden, you know, the person says, oh, don't worry, you know, just, just be cool. And you go like, no, you know, this is getting bad every day. So it's, it's just, uh, it really is very significant, the level of faith that Moses had. So I want to speak to you about just three different points today, this morning, uh, about this passage that I think is a very beautiful passage. And the first point that I want to make is that, number one, there is a great value in being a child of God. There is. When I was a little kid, when I was maybe like five years old, I remember that my dad and I, you know, were walking through the city, and we were waiting for the bus, you know, the bus stop, and he had given me some change. So I was sitting in the sidewalk, and, and I started playing, you know, with, with the change, you know, in my hands. And uh, I saw this big man approaching me. Uh, he was very tall. He seemed to be drunk. You know, he was walking like this, and it just looked, you know, a little scary. He came to me. And uh, he uh, just threw himself at me and wanted to take the change away from me. And he said, give me the change. And I had never gone through a scary situation, you know, before. I was like five. I was, I was just a little kid. And now people who know my dad, they know that my father, uh, if you ever have the opportunity to meet him, he's like really, really calm. I mean... Years ago, um, we had been raising, you know, money to build, you know, a church. And uh, it took like several years to build a church. And then on December 31st, the church, you know, was caught on fire because uh, in Latin America, you know, people go crazy, you know, with the end of the year and Christmas. Fireworks, you, you can be a little kid and, and buy some fireworks that you will not be able to do here in the States. And uh, the building, you know, was falling apart. Uh, everything was, you know, burning. And we were losing the house. And, and members from the church gathered outside the church, you know, and they were crying that, oh, my gosh, you know, we fight so hard so that we could raise the money and build this temple. And now it's gone. And my dad, you know, he was laughing and evangelizing the firemen, you know, and, you know, Jesus loves you. So, so he's, he's known for being, you know, very calm. But this one time, you know, when I was sitting in the sidewalk, and this man came to me, and, and he wanted to take that change away from me, and he said it so angrily and so loud. Uh, it was my very first time, you know, being scared. I just remember, like, in a split of a second, I saw a leg, you know, like, was crossing my, my face with a shoe. And... Now that I think about it, I was like, that could have looked like Superman, you know, back then. But I see my dad, I don't know how he did it, but he jumped from where he was to where I was. And, and he kicked the man, and the man rolled over, you know, several times on the ground. And he said to the man, leave my child alone. He is my son. And I immediately, you know, stood up and ran to my dad and started crying and hugging him. And, uh, and I was like, wow, my dad is like a superhero. He is great. And you know what? There is value in being a child of God. 
Because when you are facing a tough situation, when you are facing, you know, something that may seem impossible, and you run out of exits, you run out of answers, you run out of money, you run out of friends, you run out of possibilities, you can count that God will show himself powerful in your life he will deliver you he will give you the victory he will defend you he will protect you and at the end you will be so happy to be called a child of God even the Bible says in the book of Romans that everything works for the good for the best of those who love Jesus there is value in being a child of God and I encourage anybody of you today who if you feel that you don't have a relationship with Jesus this is a great time in a season for you to open your heart because you may be thinking that maybe your life is okay or maybe not okay, but I guarantee you that there is great value in becoming a child of God. Now, if you think about the story right here, the Israelites, you know, they got so desperate. They got really worried because there was no way out. So it was a trap. It was like a trap. But the trap was not intended for the Israelites. It was intended for the Pharaoh. A few days ago or months ago, Moses had gone to the Pharaoh. And Moses showed up at the Pharaoh. And he said to the Pharaoh, Pharaoh, my God Jehovah says, let my people go. Those were the words of Moses. But when the Pharaoh heard those words, he said, who is that God? Who is Jehovah? I never heard about that God. I don't know who he is. So since I don't know who he is, I don't have to obey him. Now get out of my presence. And you know the story about how God punished the Egyptians but God, this terrible circumstance, God was going to use to teach the last lesson to the Pharaoh that God is indeed God. He is the only one, and he is the most powerful, and he showed himself powerful that day to the Israelites. So there is value in being a child of God. Some of you who are from a different country... Uh, maybe some of you are immigrants. Uh, you probably know that, you know, when people come to the United States and they live here for so many years, they get so excited, you know, when they get their citizenship. Uh, they, you know, they learn the, the anthem. Uh, they, they learn the, the pledge. And uh, I've seen people, you know, when they become citizens, they take those pictures, post them online. And then some people even get to the point of changing their names. Because they don't like their names. It happened to a lot of people from Latin America. I, they don't like their names. So now from Carlos, you know, that now they're called Michael. Or now from Juan, all of a sudden they're John. Or now from, you know, they, they, just, they just get very excited because they know there is value in being a citizen of the United States. Now let me tell you, there is great value in being a citizen of heaven. The second point I want to make today uh, besides finding value about being a child of God is that, as I mentioned last week, the only thing you need in your life for you to be successful is the favor of God. 
I like very much um, what God answered to Moses in verse 14, 15. God said to Moses, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out? Tell the Israelites to move on, raise your staff, and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water. So the only thing, you know, that Moses had at the time was a staff, which was a big stick, you know, that he probably had picked, you know, in the desert so that he could walk better. And God used that big stick or staff to show the Israelites that with that, he was able to open the sea so that they would walk, you know, on dry hand, land. So this is the point that God doesn't need all your connections to help you. God doesn't need uh, human resources to help you. All he need is himself. All he need is for you to believe in him. All he need is for you to give him the opportunity to do a miracle in your life. And that's what Moses did. Moses got his staff or the stick. He pointed at the sea. And immediately, as you know the story, the sea started to divide in two. And the Israelites, you know, were able to cross to the other side on dry hand, land. Um, a few years ago, when, you know, when the economy was doing really bad, um, the church that I was working with, you know, they, they couldn't pay the pastors anymore. So I said, they asked me if I wanted to resign because, you know, they couldn't pay me anymore. So I said, no, 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 I'll, I'll keep working. I'm just going to get a job. But when you have been a pastor your whole life and all of a sudden, you know, you take your resume to, I don't know, like a company and you apply for like a coordinator or something. They see your resume and, and, and they're like, okay, so... You were a pastor from this day to this day, and then a pastor from this day to this day. So why do you want to work with us? And, and people just took it weird, you know. So, so I struggled a lot to get a job because all I have done was to be a pastor. And, and I, was, I was going for a long time without a job, so I was getting worried. And one time, I was just so desperate, so frustrated. I was like, okay, God, this was my last month of rent. I have food for like about one more week. Uh, I don't know what am I going to do. I've done my part. I've been looking for jobs. Nobody wants me because I've been a pastor and, and they don't, they don't want to hire pastors, you know, in, in companies and offices. So one day I was so desperate that what I did was that I took a very long shower, you know, in the morning. And I was praying, you know, while I was taking the shower. And I said, God bless me, you know, I'm, I'm going to go and, and just look for a job. And I dressed up, you know, I put cologne and I smelled good. And, and I got my resume. I printed 200 copies, you know, on that day of my resume. I didn't know what I was going to do, so I started driving in my car. And in the city of El Monte, which is not a very big metropolitan city, but I was like, you know what, this avenue, I'll, I'll look for a job right here. I parked my car close to a gas station, and I started going business to business, one by one, car dealerships, restaurants, uh, small offices, uh, hospital, uh, clinics, uh, even a Zumba gym, uh, all of it, you know. And I took one avenue, and on both sides, I started going business by business and just giving my resume. I would show up and I would tell the people, hi, my name is Franklin, and I was just wondering if you have any openings for any kind of jobs. You know, I'm available. This is my resume. 
and uh, and believe it or not, you know, some people uh, they were like, oh, okay, uh, wait, wait, uh, let me talk to my manager. So they will go get their manager, and then the manager, you know, would ask me questions, and and then they will say, you know, we'll we'll call you back, and and I did like an entire avenue, and like by 4 p.m. in the afternoon, I was exhausted, and I didn't have any job uh, opportunities that I, that I could, you know, get right there. So the last place, you know, where I, where I decided to go was a school. And I said, okay, I'm going to go to that school. And uh, I show up at that school. And I spoke to the uh, receptionist. And if you know me or my friends who know me, I like to encourage people all the time. Because I feel like, you know, we need a lot of encouragement. So I'm always encouraging people, uh, do your best, grow. Uh, achieve, you know, work and, and do whatever it takes. And um, so they didn't have any job openings, apparently. Um, I talked to someone, then I came, you know, at the exit. Uh, I gave my, you know, resume to the receptionist. And uh, I was feeling very down inside. But, you know, when I left the school, I said to the receptionist, I can't remember what her name was, but what I said to the receptionist is, hey, I just want you to know that you're doing a great, great job um, just helping people here. Okay, so keep it going. And I left the building. I was walking, you know, towards my car, and all of a sudden, I just turn around, and I see these two security guys, you know, running after me. And I was like, oh, my God. I, I tried to look around, you know, who else was there, you know, in the parking lot. And they were running after me. They were pointing at me, and I was like, what did I do now, you know? I was getting worried and scared, and okay, I guess they're coming for me. So, so they came to me, and they were all, you know, out of breath, and oh, oh, oh man, 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 stop, stop. And uh, I was panicking. I was worried, and he said, hey, uh, did you see the, the lady, you know, with the green eyes that was next to the receptionist? And I said, yes. Uh, she wants you to go. So there's a job opening in the school, and she heard how you said to the receptionist, that she needs to continue doing a good job. You sounded very happy. And she just wants to interview you for a job position that is coming up. And I said, really? And I went back to the office and, you know, I, by this time, you know, I was feeling, you know, very good, very happy. So <laughs> I was even walking different. So I, I went inside and then, and then I introduced myself and she said, uh, what is your experience? What have you done? And I told her, well, you know, I've been working in churches, but I really love encouraging people. And she said, you know what? said, I don't know you. I like what I see in your resume. Uh, you get the job. So that's when I became an admissions counselor. Uh, I had no idea what I was going to do. Uh, I didn't know, you know, what it was all about. All I knew is that it takes only one person to see you and discover you for your life to change. And that person is used by Jesus because he gives you favor. When God opened the Red Sea, he didn't need an army. He didn't need so many resources. He just told Moses, hey, use what you have in your hand. You have your staff. Now point at the sea. And I don't know what the Israelites thought, you know, when they saw Moses, you know, telling the sea to open. Um, maybe some of them were like Moses, come on, like, <laughs> we're about to get killed right now and you're speaking to the sea. 
and all of a sudden, you know, the sea started to open, and they saw the miracle. And, you know, exactly what Moses said to the Israelites, the Egyptians you see right now, you will never see them again. And it was a reality. It became true. So let me remind you today that the only thing you need in your life is the favor of Jesus. And that favor of Jesus comes when you become a child of God, when you have a relationship with God. The last point I want to make today is um, it's there in verse um, 13 also. Uh, it says, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance, the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you need only to be still. You know, one of the things that as I was thinking, you know, about this situation in the Bible, I was remembering a lot of Bible verses in the New Testament where Jesus and the Apostle Paul tells the people in the letter to Philippians, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be stressed out about anything. Jesus said, you know, give thanks to God, you know, when you pray. Um, Moses told the people, be still, be calm, cool, collected. Trust God that he will do something. Because the level of faith that Moses had he knew that no matter what happened, God was not going to let him down. But it wasn't because Moses was more special. It was because Moses knew who God was. And that is the whole message today. Um, be still. Maybe it's time, you know, for 2019 when you start your career again, your job, your school, and you start facing, you know, setbacks, challenges. Maybe, maybe it's time to remind yourself, be still. Don't stress out. You know, don't sweat it too much. God is in control. If you are a child of God, you have the benefits of the kingdom. And all you need is the favor of God so God can change a situation in your life. You have no idea the crazy things that God can do for you if you just believe. I have a friend in Los Angeles who, he's a pastor. His name is Elisha. And he applied for a refugee status in Canada because that was years ago. Because in his church in El Salvador, uh, they were trying to kill him and his family during the Civil War. Because back in those days, if you preach against communism, uh, you will get killed. Uh, if, you if you talk about how the government was treating and just killing people randomly, uh, you will get killed. So it, it was very difficult. And one night, he heard a bunch of people that were coming to the church. And these people uh, had flashlights and machetes, uh, guns. And they show up, you know, to the church because he, they wanted to kill him. And they started, you know, stoning the building and trying to set the building on fire. He had three kids, and he thought, you know, okay, this is it. You know, I'm going to die here. I should have left before. And he grabbed his kids, you know, who were small. And um, a few years ago, there was a custom in churches that I don't know if some of you know about it, but some time ago, 
pastors would live next to the church. Uh, they would be like a pastoral house, and then the building was here. So the pastor, you know, was living next to the church. So that day, you know, when that was happening, uh, Pastor Eliseo uh, grabbed his kids. They went to the sanctuary with his wife, and just they just went on their knees. He, he grabbed his family, and they started praying. And uh, this man started to break into the house, breaking into the building, uh, started breaking things, letting everything on fire. And uh, what happened was this man started asking, you know, where is that pastor? Where is that family? Let's, let's kill them. And all of a sudden they go into the church in the sanctuary and the pastor was in front. They were on their knees, you know, with his wife and his children. And he started to notice that the men were running and walking back and forth, you know, cursing and saying just ugly things about Christians and the church and the pastor. They walked by him and they didn't touch him. And they were, there was just, you know, a lot of bad things happening in the building. And the house was already on fire. And all of a sudden, uh, they were seeing the men, you know, that were inside the church. And all of a sudden, he heard a man said, you know what, this pastor, he probably knew that we were coming because he's not here today. So let's, let's just get out of here and let's let everything in fire. So they left the church, and what happened is this man didn't see them, you know, that they were there. They, they were on their knees, you know, they were walking back and forth and running and cursing and, and saying so many things, but they didn't see the family that was there. So God made them invisible. And this man couldn't see them. So, but Moses told the people, be still. Be calm. How many of you guys have problems stressing out sometimes? Like a couple of you? All right. Be still because Moses told the people, God will fight for you and you will be okay. Let's stand up and let's pray. I want us to give thanks to God, number one, because we are children of God and there is value in being a child of God. Let's thank to God because uh, his favor is sufficient for us. And let's thank God because he fights for us and we only need to be still. Father God, we come before you today and we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord God, because up to this day, Lord God, 2018, the Israelites still celebrate that day when they came out of Egypt and they were free and they saw this miracle. I don't know how this year has been for a lot of people here, but I know, Lord God, that life is not perfect. Life is difficult. And sometimes we suffer. But the Bible says, Lord, that we need to be still. We need to be firm because you fight for us. And there is great value in being a child of God. So I thank you, Lord God, for, for your goodness, for your mercy. As you continue to pray today, um, just continue praying. I just want to take a few seconds to ask if there's anybody here in this place who has never accepted Jesus in his life as a personal Savior, and you feel like you don't have a relationship with God, Right there where you are, I just want you to raise your hand and we can pray for you.
If you feel that you've never accepted Christ in your life and you say, you know what, I want to be a child of God. I've been living, you know, far away from God. I need a relationship with God. If that is you, I want to make the invitation for you to just, you know, raise your hand. You don't have to come forward. We're just going to pray right there where you are. Okay. Father God, one more time, Lord God, I want to thank you because there is great value in being your child. Thank you for accepting us. Thank you for loving us first. We didn't love you first, Lord God. The Bible says that you reached to us. You loved us first. We just responded to that love. I pray for anyone in this place who feels that your love hasn't reached out to them yet. I feel that today their lives will be touched and that they will feel that need, Lord God, to come closer to you because being a child of yours, Lord God, is the most beautiful thing that we can have in life. I bless everyone in this place and I pray that if anyone is facing an impossible a difficult situation I pray that they will remain still and they see the deliverance and salvation that you will bring to them Lord God we praise you Lord in the name of Jesus Amen you may be seated at this moment we're going to have time for offering Joyful and triumphant 